0: Hello, thank you for joining me on this very first podcast about SEO for small businesses. Each interview I talk with small businesses and individuals who are struggling with getting enough organic traffic to their passion projects, blogs and online stores. I talk them through what issues they are having, but most importantly, what they can do about it. This week I meet with Jilly Smith, a food journalist, podcast producer for Delicious Magazine. is looking for help with getting more traffic to her website, despite having a huge amount of content on there, it doesn't seem to be pulling anyone in. This was recorded in a cafe, so there is some background noise, and I can only apologise for my speed of speaking. Let's begin. Shelley, tell me a bit about yourself and uh, why you need SEO help.
1: Well, I'm um, an odd fish. I am a podcaster and a journalist, and I've been a journalist for a very long time, so I've got a lot of content. I've got a lot of yep. stuff that people might want to know about. I'm a food journalist, and I interview Everyone, you know, yeah. from celebrities to cooks to farmers to campaigners, activists, you know, if you want to know about food, I do have an enormous amount of information. Now, I do the Delicious podcast and yeah. I do the Wolf Farming podcast and so I am on their sites, which means that they get loads and I get... They get all the value. They get all the things. value. So... I have started recently putting the content that I produce, certainly for Delicious, on my own website, Mm JillySmith.com, because I wanted to find out if people are interested in what I'm talking about, which is, you know, sort of food to save the planet, the impact of food production on the planet, planet health, you know, the future of farming, future of food, all that kind of stuff, as well as what celebrities think about that. So I do talk to Nigella and Jamie Oliver about that as well. So it's quite sort of, you know, it's interesting manageable information about really important stuff. Hugely they, topical. Well. Hugely topical, exactly. They might just go to my website. Yeah. Could I then get advertising on the back of it? Would that how do I make that suitable advertising? There are lots of sort of ethical dilemmas about how I could monetize my what I do
0: but the idea is is to get as many people to your website to yeah. your website rather than kind of third parties mm. and the kind of partners that you've worked well, as with as well
1: as because I've, I've got permission from Delicious for example to put the podcasts that yeah. I produce and present on my own website ok
0: so it's a bit of a tough challenge I think you're trying to work across several several kind of uh, stakeholders kind of shareholders involved yeah. and you're trying to manage yeah, yeah. all of those together ok so you talked a bit about kind of the ecological side of things and kind of food and farming and that being a big part of it yeah are there any specific kind of keywords or phrases that you think people now are kind of searching for that is there a common theme through that?
1: Well, I suppose if people are interested in veganism, for example yes um they would ultimately be interested in the impact of food production on the planet you know they might be interested in their own health Mm. but pretty much veganism is opening a door to questions about food
0: it's a whole kind of environmental uh, movement in itself Mm.
1: I suppose yeah yeah farming as well I mean Mm. farming might take you in all sorts of different directions but actually the most if people are looking up farming I don't know that would probably be too broad wouldn't it
0: I think yeah, and it's all about kind of intent and kind of what is the the person that you're trying to attract trying to do. So, what is their end goal with this? If they're looking at kind of farming, they're probably looking for local farms with which they can kind of uh, source their food from to be kind of more locally aware and kind of engage okay. and, and, and gain stuff from.
1: Okay. So, local sourcing would probably be a better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Word. So that's probably more of the phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think kind of people may be looking into farming from a kind of an interest point of view, but it might be a little bit niche. Um, people are more doing it for themselves in how to source it, yeah. yeah, and kind of yes, biodiversity and organic and all that, and maybe researching that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I think about keywords, I think Instagram and hashtags. Yes, um, and I tend to use phrases like less but better. Yeah, um, uh, zero waste. Um, so I, I don't know. Can you use? Two words, phrases, in SEO?
0: Yes, absolutely. So phrases are kind of, again, it's about intent. If, if someone's searching for something online, they're normally trying to answer a question or answer kind of a, if it's not a, kind of a, a physical question, it's a thought they've had they're trying to find out more about. Um, Instagram is interesting. You mentioned that with kind of the different hashtags. That's a very blunt way of kind of putting tags together for, for SEO purposes, which certainly yeah. does help. But it's broader than that, so people are going to be searching for questions they want answers to. Yeah. So it might be more how to eat locally, how to source stuff locally. Yeah. Kind of the Instagram tags and that and that thought process comes in useful is that it can be a useful way of organising content on your website, so you can kind of create separate themes or strands throughout um, your site and the content using those tags, but when you're looking at it from an essay point of view of just getting someone onto your site, you want to think more about their broader interest and their broader... Um, I don't want to say a tent again but it's that you know? what are they trying to achieve what are they looking for if they're looking for how to eat organic food or is organic food any good is it better than non-organic food that's where you want to start trying to kind of phrase mm. your content around a question rather than just around you talking about organic food in in a kind of rambly sense maybe
1: you see that's my that's my issue I suppose I am not I know plenty of sites where you know vegan to dinner for example is about if you've got a lot of people coming to dinner including a vegan what are the menus that you can create that are you know easy to do for everyone yeah, exactly. and where nobody feels left out that's not what i do yeah. you know one so this week i've just done uh, a podcast about the future of asian cuisine right. in catering colleges so that's a whole load of british catering students learning to cook well c- doing a competition called zest quest asia next yeah. week It's the monthly podcast with Delicious and it's got food writers and producers and, uh, you know, James Martin and and all sorts of people on it. The week after that, I'm cooking on a wild beach with Gil Meller from River Cottage. So even though each one of them will be talking about locally sourcing, nobody's going to go to my site to look for information about locally sourcing. They're going to be the kind of people who will want to sign up for the podcast, for example.
0: Yes. So this is where... It's about what they're interested in as well, and and their kind of uh, oh, it's an awareness thing of, of kind of how can they be more aware of what they're doing in their in their kind of day to day lives. Yeah, um, and that's where the po- podcast fits in. But where you kind of interested is where it gets interesting. Sorry, is that to kind of get those people onto your podcast or onto your kind of content? You may be wanting to write content that isn't about the things that you're talking about that is targeting, and maybe stepping a little bit outside of your comfort zone or your putting your knowledge that you have but you don't necessarily talk about and and kind of putting that in a very formal document um, or blog post that then people will find when they're searching for other things that are relevant to but not directly relevant to, if that makes sense.
1: What, like writing a feature?
0: Yeah, so to give an example, if you're, say, selling uh, wallpaper um, online people are interested obviously in wallpaper latest trends and everything like that but they're not necessarily going to be googling what is the latest trend in wallpaper no. they'll be following your podcast about wallpaper or whatever um to try and gain interest in that and, and make say so they are interested in it but you might want to be writing content that's a bit drier that's going how to measure wallpaper for your room mm. how to hang wallpaper what's the right glue to use what's the right measurements how do i it's, it's more technical kind of applications of that that that's the kind of thing that people are going to be searching for when they're in the process of buying, they're going to go, well, how do, I've got a, a room that's five meters by 10 meters. How do I? How, how much wallpaper do I need? Write mm. about that. People then land on your site. They then go, this is actually a really useful site. They've got a podcast about wallpaper. I'm going to listen to that before I buy. They're in then your kind of ecosystem, as it were, of different kind of content.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get the whole niche And I, you know, I'm I'm in a very niche world. Uh, It generally is preaching to the converted. Yes. Um, You know, people who listen to the podcast, for example, will be already interested in food, but they might not know as much as I do Mm. now, um, after talking to so many people about why to eat less but better, for example, less meat but better higher welfare meat. They may not. Uh, tie, uh, you know, join up the dots between, um, uh, I don't know, a good farming practice and environmental stewardship, for example. So that's why they would be listening to the podcast. But why would they then you know so they become they're just part of the delicious family yeah all compassionate well farming family and they're getting more information about the subject that they're already interested in and which in, impacts on the way that they buy their food which yeah. is great that's the whole point of it um and what i'm trying to do is kind of get a piece of the cake yeah <laughs> um which is which retains know,
0: some of that kind of which, interest in and, it. and
1: and really i mean i'm not I'm only interested in it because you know when you and I started talking, it was about can podcasters you make money out yeah. of their podcast yeah. without getting sponsorship. Sponsorship is one option. It's that's the main thing. Yeah, 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 and it's you know it's quite hard to do. Yeah, but can you can you who are who is producing lots of good content and building up a good following? Yeah, can you monetize that on your own site? So.
0: I think that's when it comes back to you as a person and you as a brand, um, which can be conflated and there's kind of... That's a whole separate discussion, I think. but um,
1: Well, it's not. I'm not sure I it is. I'm not sure it is. A, 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 because, you know, the other thing to talk about is... Um, there are lots and lots of influencers, for example, who mm. have far less content than I do, but way more followers. Yeah, and they say that uh, they don't get a lot of traffic to their uh, websites.
0: No, I mean they're, they're purely based around engagement on Instagram. So they're yeah. within that platform. That's that's kind of their entire world. Um, yeah, and optimising for that and gaining followers and success in that is its own thing. Yeah. Um, and the question there is is you're saying right like, you've got quite an engaged following, so yeah. you are the authority in, in their world, they will listen to you and everything you kind of do. Yeah. Which is fantastic. They do that on Instagram as well, but the engagement is normally far less. Yeah. Um, just because Instagram is a platform and also there's a lot of it's quite easy to fake it on, on Instagram. Yeah. You don't you, they're not wanna do a, they're not doing podcasts and then kind of sitting and talking to people for twenty minutes. Yeah. They're just posting one photo that they can quite easily fake. That's not to say they all are. Yeah. But that's where my kind of cynicism of that industry does come in. Yeah. Uh, and I think there is a lot of fashion related not fashion in terms of
1: trend Trend.
0: but Yeah, it is a trendy thing that digital marketers have like hooked onto. Yeah. Um and the big brands have kind of scrambled to attract to and then in the past 6 months they've kind of started stepping away from that because yeah. it's not got the engagement where podcasts have got the this is where the value they have is they have a huge amount of content. Mm. So you've got interviews that are lasting 20, 30, 40 minutes. You can write those up, put them on your website. Even if no one's searching for that article, Google is going to then look at that article. It will scan it or read it, and it knows that then that has some relevance to... it's, It's adding another kind of chunk of information to your website that Google then knows and goes, oh, you've written 20 different blog posts about organic food.
1: Okay, well, so that's interesting. So at the moment, I've just got... Uh, to be honest, it's the digital editor has written the introduction in my v- voice, if yeah, you like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's what goes on the delicious site, and I've copied and pasted that, and then that's then the link to the web to the podcast. Mm. So what you're saying is, if I got the podcast transcribed, yes, and then put that on my website, Google would pick that up yes and then if I would how do I then SEO that up
0: so this is where it gets kind of interesting because those articles themselves probably aren't going to get many like landing page hits people aren't searching for those podcasts necessarily Mm. but what it does do is it just helps beef up your site it makes it because you've got two options if you imagine that you've got a website that has no content on and it's just kind of got quite thin content Mm. these are the terms that you kind of use in the industry it's like Thin content is something that you might only have 200 words on your homepage that is, is you know your bio, mm. and then that's it, and then everything else is audio. Um, Google's not going to be able to read that very easily. If you've got 200 words on your bio, and then 10, 15, 20 pages, all of which are quite dense content, that so is just like 2,000 words, 3,000 words Probably, maybe, yeah. quite, quite easily that has keywords in it that are all kind of key phrases and, and it is talking about a certain topic and then you've got multiple of those which are all linked in some way. They don't have to, like, physically link. That's a, that's a more technical side of things. But if they all follow a certain pattern of content in terms of a, it's all about organic farming or it's all about, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so,
1: Gil Meller from Riv Cottage, cooking on an open fire on a wild beach. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Impossibly romantic, yeah. and, But that's, yeah. a f- that, well, and we'll get some good photography on that one. Um, but ultimately, it's about the who knew about cooking on an open fire. Yeah, it's not actually anything to do with the wild beach. It's a nice idea to cook uh, on a wild beach. It's beat, an amazing
0: attachment to it. But but yeah, but
1: yeah and you want to know um, how to cook on an open fire. I mean, I, did you know that you could put a you know onions and aubergines right in the coals, for example? I didn't know. I was no. I always barbecued things on top yeah. of a grill, but. What Gil does is he buries them into the coals. So he will talk about the kind of flavours that that brings and how long to do. So you'll actually come away from that podcast with a lot of real information about how to cook over an open fire that you can then use. If I were to transcribe the whole thing, it would be a lot of extra information and us chatting about all sorts of things, you know, River Cottage's 20th anniversary and blah, blah, blah. N- not the most interesting thing for, for people who want to cook on the open fire. The podcast would be because it would have the sound of the wild beach. Yeah. It would have... engaging. because yeah, it would be. It would be, a t- it would be the relationship between me and him, you know, us having a bit of a laugh and he's quite deep and I like to get, you know, deep about stuff and yeah. he's a bit of a poet. Yeah. So we'll, you know, it'll be very lovely to yeah. listen to. There's
0: a balance there. Yeah.
1: So... Would you... I suppose the answer is to edit.
0: Yeah, well, this is what... Just having thoughts now about that in terms of the open fire, taking that as an example. So you could have the podcast at the top with, like, a, a kind of a link to listen to it, followed by the transcription. And then after that, you could then have common questions people might be searching for or kind of looking for, so that then links to extra content on your website or, as you say, sponsorships or kind of affiliate links to other websites, such as how to cook on an open fire and then have a load of content about, you know, did you know you could put onions and all this in? And then you, you take that podcast as like a, a springboard and then you just fill out a lot more information about that um, topic.
1: It's a lot of work.
0: It is a lot of work. <laughs> but the benefit is, is SEO, it's one of those things that companies tend to avoid investing in because it's not quick results. Yeah. But the people that do do it establish themselves as an authority figure in their industry for years. Right. So it's got a kind of evergreen, long-term reach that kind of outweighs any other kind of marketing channel
1: what about um you know i i get what you're talking about with in terms of an authority but i'm Mm. enabling gil Mellor to get even more of an authority he's a supreme authority on open fire cooking yeah Um, he is the person he would go to he's telling me about cooking on an open fire and yet I'm writing that up on my website, okay, you know, giving him the the authorship of that, but it's on my website, and if people are looking up how to cook on an open fire and coming to my site and finding him, that doesn't make me the authority.
0: It makes you the authority on that topic in that industry, though. So if you've got, then, 20 of those people know that you are regularly talking to people who are other authorities in that industry and it's kind of partnerships. How to. Yeah.
1: So for example uh, there's a, a, a part of the, the podcast which I do uh, I've started doing this year I've only done a few of them so far called How to Cook Like mm. and so I could perhaps just st- st- do that rather than all the different all the podcasts I do. Yeah, it would be, be a
0: great place to start.
1: So, so how to cook like like Gill Miller on an Open Fire, how to cook fusion food, Malay and Chinese, yeah. and blah blah blah, like Scully, how to cook like Zoya, Johnny's Ghana Kitchen. So you then have lots of different types of cooking, all by different chefs and food writers. Yeah. But the common theme is learn how to cook like.
0: And it'll be a really interesting thing. So this is where Kiwi Research will come in. Well, because there might be certain topics that you've written about from a kind of creative point of view that work really well in podcast form. But people might not be searching for those terms. So there might be certain podcasts of those that you look to and will kind of look into the keyword research. There's a lot of free tools out there. There's like um, answerpublic.com. There's a few kind of uh, Google Chrome add-ons that you can search for a key phrase and then it will give you a load of suggested other phrases with a, with a with a monthly search volume next to it.
1: Hang on, where are we? We're on the back end of the the, web, the so this website is on, now.
0: It depends on the tool. So some tools will just kind of give you a, it will be like a dashboard. Right. So that it's a separate website. You go to the website, you type in this, this key phrase. So how to cook like X. Um, and then it will generate a list of keywords or key phrases with estimated volumes next to them. Um
1: so uh, d- how to cook like it uh, would might p- 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 that
0: That would probably have no monthly searches because it's such a unique thing. Yeah. But what you might want to do is there's some tools that will do like an autocomplete and you can do this just on Google's website. You can just type in how to cook like
1: okay. and then
0: wait for the drop-down suggestions box I to, see. to come up. Or if you just hit search and then go to the bottom of Google, there will be like a little grid that's like, I think it's five by five or something like that, mm. of different um, other rated searches. So but, then you can look at that and then copy that into a into a kind of keyword research tool that will then give you an actual volume of those monthly goodness. searches.
1: Oh my goodness, I am feeling tired at the very idea. Yes, I
0: this, mean, is why, if, this is why people tend to get other yeah. SEOs in because it can be quite a laborious well, exactly. process.
1: I mean, and then that's what I wanted to ask you about really was because you know obviously uh, d- journalists won't be able to afford most and mm. you know most people setting up their own businesses just literally can't afford to pay no. for SEO because it is. A,
0: an expensive thing
1: yeah and it is very particular so I, I can tell you now I will not be doing that no. but I do know that um, you know when I go to the back end when I'm putting a, a blog post up and I get what you're saying there's parts of the podcast which I think that I could uh, transcribe and that would be really yeah. useful information how to cook on an open fire for example with the Gilmella piece yes yeah. um, now when I go to Yoast is it yeah and it gives me uh, a metadata yeah I have no idea, I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, I don't know what you want me to say here.
0: Yeah, so this is the this is where Gil comes into the on-site. So this is optimising your single page for certain keywords. So what you want to do on that is if you are searching for just the phrase, how to cook an open fire, it's probably quite a good phrase because that probably has a lot of searches a month okay. from people just looking. You want that phrase to be in the, the title of the page and in the like meta description. The meta description is what appears on the Google search results page beneath the title. Okay. Um, so within that box you can type in I think it's 320 characters um, of what you like a short description it's basically a summary of the entire article and then within that you want to place in those certain phrases like how to cook like or how to cook an open fire
1: in the meta description yes. not in the actual post in, in both in both
0: in, in everywhere but not this is where the balance comes in, because you don't want to do it so much that it becomes spammy or it looks weird. You yeah. want it to be contextual. And the, the the most important thing on SEO is always put the user first. If it looks unnatural, don't do it. Yeah, You want that description to be a natural thing, so you might have a, the title will say how to cook an open fire, and then you'll say in the meta description, it, in the, on this week's podcast, we are looking at how to cook an open fire. So okay. you've, you've taken that and formed it into the sentence normally as like a description, as a summary, but it's not like you're just saying the word fire 40 times in that in that content
1: and i've noticed that yoast will say you can see the analysis Mm. um and you get marked for you know good writing yes well done for using the active tense and not the passive tense and yes you know what's that about
0: um i'm not a huge fan of that tool. it can be a little bit kind of blunt and you can read too much into it it's more of a guide so, I think if you're using extremely long words, extremely long sentences without any punctuation, it will detect that and say, "Please don't do this." Again, it comes back because it's difficult to read. So, Yoast will prefer simple, short sentences that are easy to read for anyone. So I think, this isn't my kind of area of expertise but I've seen kind of articles that discuss about how you should be writing for like an eight-year-old or a ten-year-old from an SEO point of view because that is not
1: great journalism
0: no but it's that kind of thing it's, it's a great way because then Google will read it and it will understand what it, what you're saying because yeah. you're forced to use quite simple clear language it yeah. just forces you into that kind of writing style yeah. um, but as you say it's not great journalism so you have to balance that with your actual website your actual
1: yeah. you know, whatever you're doing well I suppose with the podcast then it would work because the podcast is already good quality it's already and, conversational. And, yeah and what you're putting on the website is not really anything other than this is what happens in this yeah um, is it worth it? Um, you say it's... It, I mean, we can. I can see that it's a, it's a lot of work. It, it makes sense to me, and I can see that there's a way of... You know, I, I would become more of an authority. I would become more mm. of a, a name. People probably would find me and give me more jobs, I yeah. suppose. You know, I might be asked to you, comment you, on things as a...
0: You might be found more... This is where, again, keyword research comes into it. You should always start with that, because that's how you'll know if it's worth it or not. If you've searched for like 20 different topics that you talk about and they're all getting less than 100 searches a month, it's probably not worth spending your time... Investing in in that kind of SEO and optimizing yeah. everything.
1: Well, I think with food and with the planet and the sustainability and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people are trying to find exactly. interesting information about. It's it.
0: just finding the, the, the topics and the, and the kind of the points that you can kind of rank for, and yeah. it's finding this. If you suddenly get a search volume that is. 5,000 searches a month, or 10,000 searches a month, or like even more, some keywords or phrases will have like 50,000 searches a month. Okay. If you can target that key phrase and, and become, like, not even top of search, but in the top 10, okay. you'll be getting hundreds of hits on your website a month, which then lets you go down the advertising route and go, right, I now have an audience of like 10,000 people a week are coming to my website. That gives you leverage to then go to brands or to come up Google and, and, and monetize that revenue.
1: Okay. Last question. Yes. Link back.
0: Yes. So this is off-site SEO. Um, this is backlinking, which is a. It has kind of got a bit of a, a bad name over the past couple of years, through people paying for links, and, and, and it's quite murky, or can be quite murky. Essentially, you want to be getting links from other websites to you to make you more relevant. It, again, it should be it should be natural. And it makes a lot of sense when you think of it from a human point of view. Mm. It's, it's like a referrer, essentially. Mm. If you are employing someone that no one knows of, no one has heard of, and has never you've never spoken to them before, versus your friend who's got 30 people saying they're great, you're, going to, you're more likely to hire the person that's great, that's mm-hmm. been, it's been yeah. saying it's great. It's the same with Google. The more links to your site that are relevant and contextual, the more likely you are to be recommended by Google. Um, so this is where it kind of overlaps into PR a little bit, I think. So you want to be working with partners. So you, if like the Guardian features your podcast and they link to your website, that's a great you know link. That's going to be really valuable. If forums are linking to it, so smaller discussion communities and Facebook groups and stuff like that, that can help as well. Um, you just generally want to kind of get as many users as you can to link back to you, but you don't want to spam it. So there's no point going on to different forums and just throwing your link out there. Hmm. Hundreds of times because it's not helpful for anyone. You want people who are valuable and who are going to be interested. And the way that Google will measure that is if someone comes onto your website from a certain link, one of the weighting factors in that search is how long you stay on that page. So the kind of bounce rate, the time on page, and if they click straight off of it, it's going to know that and it will be like, they're not probably what they're looking for, and then yeah. you know, adjust you down because of that. So
1: Google's quite a conservative beast, isn't it? It's, it's it's kind of make sure that people are doing things properly. Yeah. It looks for authority and real people. Yes. And
0: you have to think about their business model. They make money by people being on Google. So they always want people to have a great experience on there. So they make money through advertising links on above the organic search. Um so the more Value that Google gives to a user, the more valuable Google is, and therefore the more kind of monopoly they retain essentially on the kind of the search industry. So, yes, they are kind of conservative in that sense, but they have to be because that's where their billions of dollars a yeah. year come from.
1: Yeah, it's straight rather perhaps rather than conservative. Yeah,
0: so it's just you know there are probably there's always going to be kind of dark hat SEO and people and ways to get around it and optimize mm-hmm. on it, but. Um, if you just put the user first, that's what Giggle wants because that makes them more money in the long run. And that will make you more money in the long run as well, I think. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, It's a good, I suppose it's a good code of conduct.
0: Exactly, yeah. And it's just, you know, the whole don't be evil thing maybe comes into play. But yeah. that is also questionable in another discussion for another time. But yes, hopefully we've answered some of your questions today. And, Absolutely. And uh, it's all been
1: helpful. Yeah, thank you very much and lots indeed. Of, lots of things to do. Yeah.
0: Excellent.